The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by U.S. Bank, the power of possible. Learn more at usbank.com newsroom. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, July 20th. In today's news, the Trump administration proposes a major rollback of the Endangered Species Act. The president attacks the Fed chair he appointed for raising interest rates. And the Senate's only black Republican torpedoes Trump's nominee for the Ninth Circuit. But first, the big idea. Tensions have ratcheted up dramatically here in Washington after the White House announced Thursday that President Trump has invited Vladimir Putin to visit the United States in the fall. Sarah Huckabee Sanders announced that discussions are already underway. As she said that in an afternoon tweet, Director of National Intelligence Dan Coats was on stage at the Aspen Security Forum in Colorado. He was being interviewed by NBC's Andrea Mitchell when she asked about the news, and he said that he was out of the loop. Here's his exchange with Andrea. Say We have some breaking news. The White House has announced on Twitter that Vladimir Putin is coming to the White House in the fall. Say that again. <laughs> you, Vladimir Putin coming to the... Did I hear the, you? Did I hear you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be special. <laughs> Inside the White House, Trump's advisors were in an uproar over these comments. They said the optics are especially damaging because he appeared to be laughing at the president. White House aides are also worried that Trump will interpret Coates' comments as a personal act of betrayal, coming a day after the president praised him extensively. One official explained that Trump doesn't take these kinds of slights kindly and that he nurses grudges. This person predicts that Coates' interview will bother the president more than the many ethical blunders of Scott Pruitt. Under intense pressure, the White House also announced on Thursday that Trump opposes a proposal from Putin that would have allowed the Kremlin to interrogate former U.S. diplomats and officials in exchange for allowing Americans to question the dozen Russian nationals who were indicted last week as part of Bob Mueller's probe. Trump previously called this a, quote, incredible offer. And Sanders said in a surprisingly nuanced statement that the proposal was made, quote, in sincerity by President Putin. The White House put out that statement just moments before the Senate voted 98 to nothing to approve a resolution telling the president not to honor Putin's request, which would have exposed former U.S. Ambassador Mike McFaul, among others, to Russian questioning. This was just one part of the private conversation that Trump had with Putin over more than two hours. There were no aides in the room, only translators who didn't take notes. We still really don't know what was said for most of the meeting but details about the tete-a-tete continue to trickle out. Putin told Russian diplomats yesterday that he floated to Trump the idea of a referendum on resolving the Ukraine conflict. While Putin portrayed his offer as a sign he's seeking to bring the four-year-old crisis to an end, a referendum would likely be a hard sell with Ukraine and its backers in Europe since Crimea was illegally seized by Putin in an act of war. Sources tell Bloomberg that Trump asked Putin not to discuss the idea at the press conference that they had after the summit in order to give him time to mull it over. Other American diplomats and military leaders say they still don't know what Trump and Putin agreed to on something like Syria, and they haven't gotten a readout. But Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee blocked efforts on Thursday to subpoena the interpreter who translated for Trump during his private meeting with Putin. Democrats wanted the interpreter to testify behind closed doors about what the president had said. 
Against this backdrop, the threat posed by Russia remains quite real. Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein said Thursday night in Colorado at the same conference where Coates spoke that the Justice Department is implementing a new policy that will begin alerting the public to foreign operations targeting U.S. democracy. Exposing schemes to the public is an important way to neutralize them. The American people have a right to know if foreign governments are targeting them with propaganda. Rosenstein got a standing ovation for that comment. He added that the Russian effort to influence the 2016 election is just one tree in a growing forest. Focusing merely on a single election, he said, misses the severity of the threat. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the Trump administration has formally proposed a plan to eviscerate the Endangered Species Act. The proposal was announced jointly by the Interior and Commerce Departments, which are charged with protecting endangered wildlife. If the proposal is approved, protections for threatened plants and animals would be made on a case-by-case basis. The administration is also calling for the Fish and Wildlife Service, as well as the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, to begin ignoring the economic consequences of not protecting animals and plants. Conservationists have expected these proposals for months. They say their worst fears are now being realized. Number two, Trump laid into the Federal Reserve during a CNBC interview on Thursday, saying he's not thrilled that the man he appointed as the new chairman has chosen to raise interest rates. I don't like all of this work that we're putting into the economy. And then I see rates going up. Jerome Powell, who Trump nominated as Fed chairman last year, has largely followed the path that the bank has been on for years. They're slowly raising the interest rates as the economy strengthens, unemployment declines and inflation ticks up. The reason this is a big deal is that Trump's remarks break with a long-standing White House precedent against criticizing the central bank. Presidents have avoided for decades commenting on the Fed, which is supposed to be independent. Not commenting also gives them air cover and insulation from being criticized for the Fed's decisions. A lot of economists and business types are upset that Trump waited in on monetary policy yesterday, but Trump said on CNBC he doesn't care. Now, I'm just saying the same thing that I would have said as a private citizen. So somebody would say, oh, maybe you shouldn't say that as a president. I couldn't care less what they say because my views haven't changed. Number three, Trump withdrew Ryan Bounds as his nominee for the powerful Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals minutes before he was poised to get rejected by the full Senate. Tim Scott, an African-American Republican from South Carolina, was upset by articles that Bounds, a prosecutor in Portland, wrote when he was an undergraduate at Stanford for the conservative campus newspaper, which ridiculed multiculturalism and attacked groups that are concerned with racial issues. The day before yesterday, Mitch McConnell thought he had strong-armed Scott into voting for Bounds anyway. But then Scott spoke with Bounds by phone on Thursday morning, and he felt his answers about his past writings weren't sufficiently contrite or otherwise forthcoming. Bounds' apology is focused more on his tone than his actual views. The fact that a nominee for a lower court went down for inflammatory college writings lends fresh urgency to demands that Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh produce all of his past documents, even though it could mean more than one million pages need to be reviewed. Kavanaugh was a top official in George W. Bush's White House, and he was not fully forthcoming during his confirmation hearing to the D.C. Circuit about his role in the Bush administration's enhanced interrogation program, which some consider torture. Democrats say it's essential that they see everything he wrote while in government before they can question him at his confirmation hearing. Republicans are trying to avoid producing the documents. (laughs) 
And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, July 20th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.